everyone. Um, I'm an adoptee. I've been adopted for ten and a half years unofficially, coming up to ten years officially. Um, uh, I was adopted by two dads a long time ago, and I'm just here to do a little bit of a general overview about adoption from my perspective as an adoptee. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, what age were you adopted? So I was adopted at age seven. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome stuff. Um, so what we've done um, between you and I, we've come up with a list of questions and topics that we think might be um, sort of helpful for, for adopters um, and maybe other adoptees as well. So we're going to jump right in and just get your honest sort of views and opinions. You have seen the questions in advance, but, you know, you're just going to give your as ad hoc answers. In advance was about a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so leaping in, what does adoption mean to you? Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's got like a, a dictionary definition of the action of taking someone else and bringing them into your own family. Um, and okay. to a certain extent, that is the case. I was taken and brought into a, someone else's family. Um, but it's more than that. It's not just words on a page. It's this is going to sound really weird. But it's not a way of life, but it's like a part of life, I suppose. It's, you know, it's a necessary thing, definitely, because um, it removes children from bad homes and stuff. Um, and that's that's what I associate it with. It's not so much the, I've been, you know, this is a new family in this new, it's been, it's the taking away from like bad environments. And it's, I see it almost as like a rescue kind of thing, you know, it's like, I was certainly rescued, obviously. Some kids may not be rescued bad homes but there's always a reason for being put up for adoption and you know it's that you're given that as a chance you're rescuing that child from a worse life and you're giving them a second chance in life and i think that helps define who i am i believe in second chances so nice um and how do you um sort of feel you just said about sort of being rescued taken out of difficult environments <laughs> How, how do you feel about your birth family and specifically your, your birth mum? Um, I mean, to put it bluntly, I don't really feel mm -hmm. like there isn't a feeling. There's a little bit of anger, not hatred, but like, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, so it's obviously my birth family. I didn't really know them that much. You know, obviously there was the stepdads, but that was about the, it with the contacts and the mm -hmm. kind of like family side of things. But my birth mum, obviously... I'm grateful for the fact that she gave birth to me and brought me into this world. Yeah. But that's about it. The, the other than that, there's not much feeling. There's a bit of anger and disappointment almost. Yes. You know, I'm awesome and she missed out. But Absolutely. And it is, you know, and there's a little bit of sadness, not just obviously from what happened to me, but also for her yeah. because she's missing out ultimately. And, you know, she had the chance and she failed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that's kind of my like, feelings i suppose do you but a lot of indifference do you ever feel like you're supposed to feel a different way about her i'm a little bit when i was younger i thought there's a little there was like an obligation that i couldn't just say i don't like her that i had to you know be grateful because obviously she's you know held me for nine months and then mm -hmm. gave birth to me but actually you know just growing up i realized why do i care what other people think i yeah. i have my feelings and i'm perfectly right to have my feelings and you know, okay, people are like, well, yeah, but she gave birth to you. So what? Mm. You know, that's like saying, oh, yeah, someone who gave birth to a baby and killed the baby, yes, I'd be grateful. That got a bit dark. But um, <laughs> it's a bit, my point is, it's like, it's, you know, she didn't really do much for me. She mm. just made my life worse. 
yeah. in a way. And so it's my feelings are valid. And however I feel, anger, hatred, sadness, resentment, like, you know, or love and compassion. Yeah. All of those are feelings I'm entitled to feel. And ultimately anyone who says otherwise is stupid. Do you think, um, sort of, let, let's just think this through. So if you had an experience where you thought, actually, no, I would like to reconnect with my mum, mm. I'd like to build a relationship with her for whatever reason. Yeah. How do you feel we would respond? I mean, you personally, you'd be supportive, and I know you would. It's mm. how I've been raised, that no taboo, you know, that it, she was a significant figure in my life whether I like it or not. It's, um, but so it's that kind of, if I did want to for whatever reason, I know I could do that for you guys. Equally, I'm older now, and I know if I wanted to, I could go in and do it that way. Um, and that's obviously me being that much older. Um, but yeah, and I think that's important as well, is the idea, don't make it taboo. You know, They've got a birth family somewhere, mm. whether they're in contact or not is irrelevant. If they feel a connection to that part of their life, who are you to deny that? Yeah, you know, you adopt a kid because you want to love them, and part of that unconditional love is they have another family essentially yeah. that they might want to see, and that is, you know, that's part of it. And if you can't respect that, you shouldn't be allowed to adopt, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And when it came to being adopted, how how did it feel when you first met us? How did how did that feel? It was exhilarating. It was awesome because obviously. I was in foster care for like three, three and a half years. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd never even like spoken to potential families before this either. There wasn't really other people, you know, you guys were mm. the first in that whole three and a half years. Mm. So it was great for me because it was like, I'm finally wanted almost. Not that I wasn't unwanted. I was very popular and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but it was, there was a deeper meaning. I, reflecting on it now, I can kind of see that actually, yeah, it was like finally... You know, like the best reference I've got is, you know, Toy Story 2, is it with the claw? Yeah. Um, or Toy Story 1 or whatever. It's like, then they're, you know, they're getting chosen and they're like, really, that's the best feeling I have, really. Yeah, nice. The best like, comparison is that, oh my God, they're finally going to, yeah, going to choose me and I'm going to have a family of my own and it won't be calling my parent figure by their first name anymore. <laughs> yeah. You know, it will be a, yeah. it will be parents and my own family. Absolutely. Um and being finally able to go on the family holidays. Yeah. Was that one of the things that you was most looking forward to? Yeah, I because I never obviously I didn't have a passport so I didn't go on the holidays. I went yeah. to whatever her name was and I played with my Power Ranger boys. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so that that was quite fun, you know, that first family holiday um, when we went to Spain that was amazing for me mm. and that that's like a core memory nice. um, going on the plane for the first time and like being abroad you know it was just yeah. all it was really like homely and family-ishness nice. which yeah. and, and you may have covered but the next question is sort of what's your earliest memory of belonging I mean to be honest on those first few meetings and stuff, I felt like I just belonged to a certain extent. We all just like clicked as a as a vibe and as a family mm. unit, even though we weren't at that point. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I think the first time we went to the woods as well, and we were all just were mental together. Like yeah. back when they were younger. <laughs> um, but like yeah, that kind of I just knew that this was where I was supposed to be almost. Mm. Um, I've never been this open and heartfelt to you. I like it. 
I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, no, it was just, I, I always felt like I belonged mm. in a certain sense. Um, the first family Christmas, I uh, know the birthday even, when yeah. I got all the presents, I like stuff. What, <laughs> what seven-year-old wouldn't? Yeah. So that helped. But, um, but that family Christmas, everyone was like, happy Christmas, me, you know, mm-hmm. like, all these presents are for you. And it's like, so I'm, I'm actually a part of this now. Yeah. So I'd met the family by then, like yeah, I think through various different means that, that were was roughly sort of six months into yeah. of us being a family. Um, so that at that point, I did obviously feel like I belonged with my parents, but the wider family that was when it really all clicked that they were mm. my wider family. You know, my cousins, my yeah. granddad, like all this. You know, they were just they were people around. But mm. that was when I first properly became their like their grandson and their nephew and that kind of thing, their cousin. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to talk about um, contact. We're going to Always touch on about contact. Yeah, it's important. It's a, a really. It is. Topic. I think I'm just going to add quickly before you start going onto it. But I think contact people who don't do it. I don't think that should be allowed. I think it should be like not forced almost, but there should be. It should be presented to the child as an option, you know, as yeah. well as the parents. Because I, I think it's sad that people might miss out on part. Of, you know, not necessarily like it defines who they are, but for me, my story is obviously part of me, and you know, my birth mum is part of that. Mm. Like I said, whether I like it or not, that's not the point. It's part of who I am. I may not like it, but we've got to accept it. And we've got to have access to that, and I, that ultimately is my like, yeah. I think so. Um, I think for me, I think you know, even even with what you've said about your your mum, how. Mm you don't feel a particular connection to her. I still like having the contact. I've used it in the past, you know, we used it to get a picture of my real dad and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, um, and then when the, the birth stepdad died as well, like that's how we got informed, wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely. You know, so it is useful to me in that way, mm-hmm. um, but it's not something I'm interested in just for the sake of keeping up contact. Yeah. I like having it there to use it for a purpose. I don't just want to have a catch up with my birth mum every other month. So it's a it's a resource. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's a resource. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, what about with your brother? Um, that's a interesting one because obviously he's my brother, and I, you know, I'm connected to him, and I, I think I love him, <laughs> but he's oh he's a pain, and he's they I don't think him and his family. And this is a bit sad, but they've not been that interested in the contact side of thing, from what I know, kind of with him, and so I think that has impacted in the fact that there's not been as much contact as there could have been mm-hmm. in the past with me and him particularly. You know, we see each other maybe two or three times a year. And that's been yeah. like the past kind of five, six years now. And obviously I get, you know, we live in separate lives. He's got separate parents mm. and the you know, separate family units. But it is a little bit sad because I don't feel quite the, the brother connection almost. Like yeah. he's more like a friend or a family friend even mm. maybe where like I'd help him out if he was in a tough spot. Yeah, but you know, it's not like I'd spend a Saturday night with him just talking and catching up, yeah. kind of thing. But um, that might change as we get older, and yeah. I, you know, I hope it does maybe because I feel yeah, like yeah, I think you're both moved into the sort of age where you are getting to be sort of in control of that, so mm. it will become yeah. your sort of decision. But yeah, I think that will either be it will start becoming quite regular, um, and he stops being a pain. Or, or that will kind of cut off quite, and it'll be like a Christmas card and a birthday card, yeah. and that'll be it. Um, What's your hope out of the two? 
to be honest, I'm as as much of a pain as he is. Like, I hope that it does develop into something more because, you know, he is biologically related to me to a certain extent, and I've got to spread the strong genes around the country. <laughs> so I want him to be part of my life, but um, but also, you know, he's I reckon he's got the potential. So I'm a really like nice young man. Mm. Um, he's just a hyperactive kid still at heart yeah. at the moment. But okay. let's be honest, what man isn't? Um, so yeah I do hope that that does eventually become more frequent but even if it doesn't as long as there is some contact and so I know he's he's out there and he's doing well yeah that would be nice for me nice and what about uh, your foster family they're just family at this point yeah (laughs) they are there's and obviously there's a certain bias towards me because they were they were my first family Mm -hmm. you know yes I lived with the birth people but that's what they were. They were the birth people. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't my family, and they didn't. There was never a family, like unit there. You know, mm. there was me, and then there was these other two people who yeah. weren't particularly nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, I moved in with my foster family, and that was fun. That was. They were. You know, I had my two foster brothers. There's three now. And, yeah. You know, there's the younger one, and he's amazing. He's like my little brother. Yeah. You know, I get to play WWE with him. Like, <laughs> doesn't get more yeah. brotherly than that. Um, and then the older two, I don't really speak to them that much. As, but obviously, they're like, you know, adults and I'm still not. And I think that's part of it. Yeah. We're going out in the pub with them all the time soon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, there's my foster uh, foster parents yeah. as well. Um, and there is a certain connection there. They helped make me who I am. Um, they taught me that eating frozen food was bad. <laughs> no, because I have a core memory of not wanting to wait for dinner so I tried frozen chips and they were disgusting um, so you know they taught me that so less did you only need to learn once right yeah <laughs> pretty much um, but no they were like fundamental to my early development yeah. you know and I don't know if part of it now I've studied this in psychology mm-hmm. um, and we learn about it it's like the critical period is when you can most influence an infant mm. it's up until like seven or eight so it's like they were my foundation they're my foundation mm. you guys are who i am now kind of thing Ab- absolutely um yeah no they mm. they they laid so such a valuable foundation mm, absolutely so. um and does, yeah so does does it ever get confusing for you having all of these different people? no i actually quite like it because i can i counted it and i had five dads over right. the course of the years yeah um and that's quite funny because like this is going to sound really mean, but hear me out. So one of my friends, um, we have a friend, um, he never met his dad. Um, and then we have a running joke. It's like, oh, what a shame. I had five of them across the years. I could have given you one. So it's like a situation like that. It works Kids out really horrible. well. It's funny. It's fine. He made the joke. So there's the context there. He's fine. But um, but yeah, but it, it can get confusing to other people. But I've it's it's been my life, you know, so it's mm. it's not confusing to me because... I can. It's a storybook in my head of that one, that one, that yeah. one, that one, that one. You know. Do you do you think it gets confusing like when people start trying to almost tell you who these people are? So like they'll use language like, "Oh, it, your real mum." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and I don't have like one. That. A real mum. There's there's the woman who birthed me, but she's not a mother. That sounds really harsh. Again, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> I mean, earlier and the, that I'm not. I'm not upset by this, but you you mentioned um, your real dad. 
when you said your mum... The reason I say violence. that is because he was he ran away before I was born. Yeah. So that's not anything to you. It's just the best way I, to define it. I, I'm not genuinely not hurt, upset or broken by those comments. I'm just, you guys are my real parents. I'm, I'm talking yeah. about that language and like... That I... Yeah, pe- that... People mm. must correct you and try and say things like, oh, your real parents and things like that. Yeah, and I correct them and say, no, I live with my real parents. Yeah. People still think like, oh, when I say, you know, I don't have a mum, and they're like, well, yes, you do. You know, someone had to give birth to you. Like, but is that what defines who your mother is, who your parent is in even? Like, you know, it's it's about... And I think part of it is there's just like the stereotypes and stuff um, around adoption, which is actually one of my other questions. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of it now. Um, <laughs> but the idea is, is stereotype is it's a second set of parents and, you know, it went from one to two almost. Mm. And that's, I think it's about getting rid of that. And also, this is going to sound really political, but society is like a heteronormative society. So mm. people are like, well, you've got to have had a mother and a father. You can't just have had two fathers, mm. um, yeah, yeah. which is, it's getting a lot better. Like, yep. you know, don't, don't get me wrong, but it's still that, especially for parents, you know, yeah. people don't have gay parents. They have a mum and a dad still. Mm. You know, maybe in the younger generations, it's not nearly the same. But it, certainly in mine and older, it's yeah. that idea. And that's where it gets confusing, I think, for people because they're trying to wrap their tiny little brains, uh, their, their little brains around the idea of like LGBTQ yeah, and yeah. all this and that and the other. So it's just partly about educating people, you know, like, you know, children's books make them more inclusive. This is going to come out all political now. But it is just no. I mean, normalizing it. Things are moving in that way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is what we need. That's what I liked. That was something actually. I think was really good about the prep I received when they started finding families for me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just this was before. I think they knew that I was going to have two dads. Well, they might have already known. They probably did. But even so, it was a game of inception. (laughs) But carry on because I love this story. (laughs) It's it's cute because they like they got us to draw like uh, you know ideal families and stuff of Mm. what they might look like and stuff. Um, But they got us to do a mum and a mum, a dad and a mum, and a dad and a dad. Yeah. And then like you know what ideal names, hair color, all this and the other. And I remember one of them had bright orange hair because they didn't have a yellow color ring pen. But yeah, no, that I think was really good. And obviously, yes, they knew that I was going to have two dads. But still, they, they could just implement that as a thing, yeah. just in adoption in general, and even just in schools and stuff, talking, you know, about family yeah. and things like that. And PSHE, like, they could really introduce that as an idea early on. And I guess, sort of, that, that you're right, it leads us into that sort of how do you deal with questions in school in life like how, yeah. how do you deal with the questions so I'll, I'll, put, I'll split it into three categories you know there's the there's the just talking about it you know sort of the comfortable questions there's the uncomfortable questions and stereotypes mm-hmm. and then there's like the bullying almost and the negative side of it mm-hmm. and there is a negative side to it and i'm not yep. going to sugarcoat it nope. um, so, so the good stuff and the comfortable stuff and that kind of thing Obviously, me personally, I'm an open book. You know, you want to know the good grisly details. I'll tell you because yep. it will only make you sad, not me. You know, I lived it. I've done that. I've dealt with that. Um, you're the one that's going to come out of this conversation feeling really bad. Yeah. Um, so I'm quite happy to talk about it. Obviously, some kids might be a bit more sensitive about it. Depends on what's happened, what their background is. You know, coming from an abuse background, that's that's harsh stuff, really, mm. to talk mm. about. And I do almost like cover up some of it I, I don't cover up the fact that you know it was abusive but I don't 
go into detail there yeah. and I just say they want nice or that kind of thing and people can be like oh okay that's yeah um but equally you know it's just about firstly talking to your own you know kids you guys I think anyway you like talk to me about you know my past and stuff and about how people might ask and how it's okay to tell people as well and that's the key you know there used to be and I don't think there is as much but back maybe when you were younger as well people who were adopted like you wouldn't really know unless they told mm. you they wouldn't and they wouldn't go around telling everyone they would just be like um it might be like to a close friend but they're just oh yeah it's my parents and there was a lot of taboo and a lot of like mm. oh, it's a bit dodgy isn't it like you know you know things like blood brothers it's a great play but it's that secret adoption and it's like yeah. why though why not just tell them there'd be a lot less issues you know yeah and that kind of thing but um and that's obviously that's part of dealing with that is just educating people in general about how adoption works but also you know you're educating your child and your adoptee and saying it's okay that you're adopted it's okay that these things happen well it's um, not literally okay but you know what i mean these things happen and it's okay to talk about them um you know if people ask what's it like being adopted what's what would you say to me if i asked you what do you feel about being adopted that mm. kind of thing i think um and maybe even while the kids are in foster care education there and talking to them you know you get the like, social worker and they can talk about this kind of thing you know mm. you know if these people adopt you how would you feel so i would ask you about it and that to get in that idea because then you can get a sense of someone's yeah. like the adoptee's character early on so if they get really defensive and avoidant about it you can maybe be like okay that can be an issue and that can be going to the adoptive parents and equally mm-hmm. if they're really open that's not an issue just tell the parents that they're really open so they don't get bombshelled by mums at school or whatever yeah absolutely. um dealing with the stereotypes and the slightly more uncomfortable questions um the most of the stereotypes is that i'm going to be some either like broken child or mm-hmm. i didn't get told until very late on um and again with that is education and it's just telling people I'm not broken. I might be a little bit mental, but <laughs> I'm not broken as such. Because, um, you know, that's not how yeah. it works. Yes, I've had some bad experiences. Yes, I've moved around different families, different homes. But that doesn't define me in the sense of, oh my God, I have such a broken history. Mm. That is my history and that is my complete history. You know, yeah, it's yeah. that if you put the pieces together, I'm not broken. I'm actually fixed now almost you know i'm, I'm whole again because i got adopted mm. um and yeah um also obviously there's stereotypes around having two dads and how yeah. does it work you know people a question i got this is recently as well from someone right but a question i get quite often is who's the more motherly one in the relationship <laughs> um and i'm like well i mean that's a very poor question because <laughs> a mother is a female parent and you're asking me which of my two male parents is the female yeah like so, um, i don't know they you know biologically that's just an invalid question unfortunately that's an overhanging question that is that and i got that recently as well from someone it's like who's the more motherly one it's like that's not how it works <laughs> you know we and we study this in attachment in psychology again um and i'm gonna put it in here to send scene smart also because it might be helpful but you know you know, the mother used to be the primary caregiver, but mm-hmm. it used to be it was the mother's job. But these days, you know, and he, he even evaluated and criticised himself, the guy who made it. He said, actually, it's just a primary caregiver that isn't necessarily the mother, mm. um, which I think was really progressive for, like, the 80s when yeah. he said it. 
Um, and it's that idea of, you know, they both split primary caregiver tasks, you know. Some might be more nurture, one might be more nurture than other, the mm. other, like, and that might be more the, like, play and whatever, as mm. it was defined so eloquently. But, um, but even then, it's not still, I guess that one's more like the mother, it's, they both split that job almost, you know, yeah. they might not breastfeed me, but I'm not a baby anyway, so it doesn't matter. We, you know? Even if we adopted you as a baby, one of us would have fed you. Yeah, that's the thing, and it would have been, but you probably would have split it between you. Yeah. Because it's that, you know, that's when attachments and stuff form as well. Absolutely. So it's that kind of idea of the gender stereotypes around mm. adoption, as mm. well as just adoption stereotypes. Yeah. Um, and then there's the negative side of things. Um, the way I deal with that, if it comes up, I just use the logic of uh, how being adopted actually works to defeat it. Because people are like, most of the comments I've had are about because the fact that you guys are gay rather than being yeah. adopted as such. But like, if someone, some a, a common insult back when I was a bit younger was like, "Oh, your parents didn't want you," but like, it's that's not really true though, because actually I was then picked by my parents now. So if anything, I was wanted more than you probably were. <laughs> and that's what I say, and that often shuts them up. But it's just about, again, education, logic, yeah. and getting schools dealing with it. Yeah. You know, my school was actually quite good when I got you know, bullied for it um, in the younger years. Um, and they were good, and they offered support. And I think, you know, that was a strength. Only really good thing they've done. <laughs> that's an issue for another, another time. That, that's, um, yeah, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, but like I said as well, um, it's about educating your kids, you know, if you've got same-sex adopters or not, it's irrelevant, you know, be inclusive, be nice to people and, you know, if there's people being mean, don't retaliate, don't punch them in the arm and have to, you know, get detention. Um, <laughs> you know, like, it's, you know, just like say, okay, and walk away because realistically their words can't actually hurt you, can Absolutely. they? It's, you know, your story, not theirs. Mm. Don't let them get you down. So you mentioned about um, being broken and you're not broken, and, and I agree. Um, a big fear for adopters, mm. um, we talk about areas of trauma and areas of abuse mm. that um, young people would have gone through. Yeah. And when we do that, we ask the question of what would be your greatest fear of um, sort of adopting a child that's had this sort of background? Really commonly intertwined within all of them um, people will sort of talk about a fear of if this person has gone through this experience, is there a chance that they will then go on to become an abuser yeah, themselves? Yeah, we study this in psychology as well. Um, um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a big anxiety. So what, what do you think you would sort of say in, in retorts or something um, like that? I mean, obviously, you know, like they do say like abuse and stuff is a little bit of a cycle and mm -hmm. that may be entirely correct from a psychological and biological point of view but equally you can change the brain can change its structures and you you know cycles can end mm. that's kind of the whole idea um and it's just about firstly providing a loving and nurturing <clears throat> home for your child um and also as well when they're older you're still their parents and you can still push them along the right path you know mm -hmm. um and maybe it's just about keeping an eye out almost yeah. for these kinds of things and if you think they're going to start patterning into a like, you know, drug abuse or domestic abuse or anything like that, really, you're their parents, they're your child, and because you, you love them, you help them. Yeah. And you say, no, this isn't how we do things, and you, you educate them. doesn't matter if they're 50 or 20, yeah. you know, nice. you're their parents, and you have that as a responsibility, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get interested with that. Um, but yeah, and also I think it's a little bit of a silly fear to have, because... 
it might be true for some people who don't get adopted, but like I got adopted and I experienced that. And then I got adopted and experienced a good family. Mm. So I know the difference and I know what I want a family to be like. Mm. So maybe for someone who wasn't adopted, if all they've ever known is abuse and neglect and stuff, that's why they then continue it because they didn't have that example of, you know, a good family does this or mm. a good person in general. And that's where I think the, it's almost like a stereotype. And I think media had a lot to do with it. I mean, media portrays adoption now is a lot better, but yeah. in older films, you know, it was a nice. kind of... Um, final question. Um, do you have any top tips for adopters? Um, I mean, off the top of my head, it's just educate your child on adoption, you know. I know the adoption process better than, like, some people who have gone through it themselves mm-hmm. um, as adopters because my parents have educated me so well. Um, obviously, I've taken an interest in it, hence why I'm doing this. Yep. But, um, but it's that idea of, you know, don't hide it, don't make it taboo to talk about anything, you know, completely open. My parents are completely honest about everything and as uncomfortable as it gets sometimes with certain topics, it's all a good laugh at the end of the day and it's made me... a like a cracking young man because I know any questions I have about anything I can ask at any time and I'll get a nice answer and they won't berate me or tell me off for the way I'm feeling about certain things either Absolutely. you know it's that you know unconditional love kind of thing is you know um and equally don't make the adoption thing a big thing either like mm. yes they're adopted but they're not your adopted child they're your they're your child you yeah. know that kind of thing, like stop, don't use the word like adopted and you know, yeah, that kind of thing. It's just, yeah, my child, Absolutely. you might be adopted, but you'll always be our son, you know, you say that to me. Mm. Um, and it's that normalization yeah. kind of thing. Um, and also, you know, we're born to be parents or made to be parents who've been doing it for thousands of years, so you know, you're stressing way more than you should in a way because mm-hmm. you've got this. We could protect babies from things and kids from things you know back in caveman times clearly because we're here now so you're gonna nail it love it that's yeah thank you very much, thank you very much.